Hello and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. As always, I'm Cahill, and as always, here is Brian. Hello. So we've had the first of the two semifinals. It's getting serious, and based on the results this weekend, I'm so glad this is a hurling-only podcast, because all the football results were boring as hell, and then for the third year running, we had an incredible semifinal between Tipperary and Galway, where they were only separated by one point. Football. Why would you watch it? And someone needs to get out, break out the butter and cheese, because that match was a cracker. Nice. <laughs> it's it's sad for us being neutral fans now that Claire are out of it, but oh, as a neutral fan, that's the kind of match you love to see. Absolutely, just like so exciting. Both teams playing really well. Tip playing the best they played all year. By far. Um, you know, you just had great moments. Uh, you know, GA, you're, I know, you're, you're always interested in making more money. Listen. Uh, what about that paper, D- yo? DV- DVD box set of the last three years of Tipperary Galway semifinals. Because every time they just seem to deliver something special. Definitely. What I would say is, like, it was exactly what you wanted in terms of a very close match. Kind of tit for tat. Really just a kind of... High scoring, high intensity, high intensity match. Um, like it, I, it was far from flawless in some respects in terms of, um, you know, there was a lot of slipping and sliding, and there was some some dodgy short passes by both sides. But even even with that, like it was still a great match to watch. Like as a neutral, I was up there and I was shouting and I was kind of roaring along with roaring along with uh, the TV. Um, and that really does say something to the quality of the game. I r- really did enjoy myself watching this. Yeah, and I have to say as well, you know, we'll we'll get into, I suppose, properly talking about the match over the course of the 70 or so minutes, but um, I just, first of all, want to appreciate that winning point by Joe Canning. Amazing. I mean, if there's any player you'd expect to deliver, you know, a, a game winner like that, it's him, but, you know, with last minute of injury time, several tip players around him way off on the edge of the pitch like anyone else taking that shot you just think either it was out of desperation or they were just being stupid and careless but uh straight over the bar for him and when you consider early on in the game he had started kind of slow he didn't quite look himself to come from that and to get himself back in the match and then you know take over the match really uh absolutely incredible no show like a joe show as they say yeah, and that speaks to the quality of um of uh, his character in terms of you know okay he had a few missed shots or a few missed opportunities but um it didn't really seem to rattle him he kind of kept on he kept a cool head and really as the game got on he really picked up pace um and that really culminated I think his last two points his second last point was something amazing from ridiculously far out. And then his last point was uh, equally impressive in terms of the angle and how crowded that space around him was just to deliver a point when they really needed it. Like we, we've been saying, we've been saying all year, it's great that Galway are no longer totally relying on Canning, that they have other options. But it's fantastic when you get reminded of what he can do when they, when they do uh, rely on him to win exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, overall though the match extremely close. Uh, a quote I saw. Uh, from Nicky English on this one, which I thought summed it up pretty well. Before the game, I found it hard to separate Galway from Tipperary. That remained the case for 73 minutes. Um, 
Like that was that was it. It was just really tit for tat. I can't remember how many times they leveled, um, but it was definitely double digits. And yeah. I have to say, you know, we we complained about them a good bit in the last episode, but Tipperary finally played like how we expected and wanted to see them play. They, you know, it, it's sad that they lost this one, but it was the best hurling that they've played all year. Like they can't. Oh, be definitely. Too disappointed. I thought, like for Tip, like their forward line actually, um, their forward lines performed extremely well. Like fairly high scoring with points. John McGrath, goal king, uh, no less as you refer to on TV, um, <laughs> delivered a, an excellent goal. They really, have gone when with they cool need king, that is better alliteration and <laughs> potential. Really, uh, really, when they needed it most, he delivered that goal. Um, I thought the tip back line, and we were given out about them, I suppose, last time against Clare that the, you know that it was more um, that it was a weakness, I suppose, and really it was uh, much more resilient. This it time. really was much more resilient. They really seemed to work on that, and it it definitely showed. Um, Galway didn't really test, I suppose, that didn't test their luck as much as they would want to have with their with goal chances. Yeah. Um, and re- really, overall, like it was a, it was a massive change, and it was seriously impressive for Tit to be able to turn around like they did. Definitely, in such such a short space of time to um, mm. come back just from looking so shaky against Clare, um, yeah, to come out and deliver a match like that, it did. It it kind of reminded us, I suppose, why they were champions last year and why they're still so highly regarded after being so so up and down this year. Um, as we said, they their backs looked far more cohesive than they had all year. They managed to avoid conceding a single goal. And actually, I think um, an interesting thing with Galway really is they're not a team that we've seen go for many goals this year. And I don't think, I you know, I, I can't blame them for going for a lot of attempts in this match just on the basis of how the tip backs mm. have been playing the last few games. But um, it definitely didn't work for them. You could tell that they weren't used to trying them. And, you know, in the in the end came away empty despite having so many... Uh, so so many yeah. close attempts they they did look a bit out of their element and i think i actually do think Galway would have won by more if they just stuck to their normal game plan i don't think uh it did them any favors it definitely threw them off the rhythm taking so many attempts at goals and you know for no real return in the end i like i can see what why they did it i probably would have mm. tried the same thing but i think when it wasn't working for them they probably should have just reverted back to going for their points going back to the goals i suppose really kind of what really showed or what was just kind of apparent, like, you, you know, at times it was just small things really, I think that prevented them. Like it was maybe just the angle or the approach or they just weren't really set up. Right. Or they just like they just tempted from yeah. too far out or, and, and to be fair, Darren Gleason for tip put in um, some amazing saves um, during the match as well. Like he was really he on did. top of uh He was really on top of it as well. There was one one fairly funny save, I have to say, early on in the match where he caught it, and it like I think the goalie players generally did just try and you know knock him into the back of the net <laughs> in order to get the goal in the back of the net. And uh, fair play to him; he stood his ground on that one. Yeah, um, a very physical match, it would have to be said as well. Unsurprising, so. although I have to, say, I think the surprising thing was that uh, whereas Tip kind of rolled over for that in the league final, they put it up. To, you know, they gave as good as they got really to goalie in this mm. one. Joe Canning getting a yellow card actually was one standout moment, but it was relatively light in terms of a car- uh, in terms of cards given out. Um, I think they kind of allowed it to 
play out in terms of the physicality shown and um, I have to say it was a very enjoyable aspect of the game itself yeah one thing on that note though uh, which a lot of tip fans have been complaining about in subsequent days both teams were physical but the difference in freeze was pretty enormous Galway got 18 frees Tipperary only got 8 and uh, you know obviously a lot of people claiming biased refing so on and so forth but actually I think this is another place where you know Galway were a bit out of their element trying to go for lots of goals. I think Tip were out of their element slightly playing so physically. I think Galway do it mm. every single match, and they've gotten quite good at being able to be physical without actually fouling. And I don't they're think they're pretty Tip, good for like for it, not it, conceding. It, yeah, it, it's weird thinking it, but like hitting people, there is a skill to it. And uh, mm. I don't think Tip were as used to it. And I mean, maybe they fouled just as much, but they they made it more obvious and they made it easier for the ref to give uh, Galway freeze over it so yeah I, I thought I thought it was I mean I definitely think Tip did the right thing in uh, fighting back because otherwise you would have just had a repeat of the league final hmm. but um, I mean really like y- you get your bar of soap and you put it in the sock <laughs> and you then use that then to attack your uh, opponents um, I see they didn't really take my advice either by attacking the shins so no. I'm kind of thinking that's where maybe was a stumbling block for Tip. I think so. Um, you know, un- until one of these teams are willing to give you your opportunity in management, though, I guess we will never know how effective that strategy could be. Uh, it seems like they just well, won't go for it. These, you know, these damn traditionalists, they just, yeah. they can't well, see Well, I know potential. one team that might be desperate enough anyway, but we'll come to that. <laughs> we always uh. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Offley fans. I didn't I didn't have it in the notes. You added it to the notes. We will have to give out about you again. Um, I I didn't want to include it, but honestly, we only have two matches to talk about. We need filler, so yeah, we need filler for this podcast. And uh, there's only so much to talk about a, a about a brilliant Galway and Tip match. So, like overall, like for Tip, what could you say? Um, disappointing I suppose um, really could have been their game as well like they had a lot of attempts on goal Yeah. Um, they had um, some great points scored and really even to the dying minute um, you know Tip had it they took their shot and it just went left to the post Yeah. and that was that like they could have drawn to brought it to a replay I think most people after watching that would have been happy to watch another replay most neutral fans at least I think yeah. fans of both teams may have had a few heart attacks, but um, <laughs> no, definitely. I'm sure Galway preferred it anyway. Preferred it uh, going through to a final. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely. To, like obviously, it's disappointing because they got flat. You know, they they got to see what they look like when they play at their best again for the first time in quite a while, mm. and so it's not nice playing that well and then still losing. But. Um, on the, on the other hand, like you have to be pleased that they didn't just... It wasn't a repeat of the league final. They weren't trashed. Um, no. Yeah, their their backs were way better. Their scoring was on form. They weren't relying overly on any one player. They had uh, eight different players scoring, I think, um, mm. at least one point. Yeah, th- I suppose it's something for both teams, but for, for Tip as well as Galway, a lot of goal chances that just didn't quite go right for them, and that could have been the difference for them. Um, so yeah, it, it was a shame, um, shame for them, but you know, I suppose neither, it was one of those matches you felt that neither team deserved to lose on Galway's end. Go on. I think it's one thing for next year for Tip anyway, just to learn from, I suppose what has happened to them this year, 
like it seemed like at times maybe there's a lack of cohesion or there were issues let's say outside of their own uh issues outside of we'll say the norms of um team yeah. playing in terms of fitness or or training you know over training or under training i think it seemed to go beyond that maybe that's something that they'll learn from going into yeah. next year i mean they can't have been happy with being knocked out really after giving that that good a performance no and i suppose lessons for tip going forward you i think the statistic was repeated a lot about how many years it's been since they've won championships back to back despite winning so many all irelands they just can't seem to do it two in a row but i think this year is a perfect example of why that's so difficult um they just i think psychologically weren't quite right there seemed to be a lot of behind the scenes issues you know players being dropped um and you know you, you just matches like this it reminds you that they do have the skill but they just couldn't put it together in time um and yeah, it's it's definitely a disappointing year for Tip fans because coming into the year, and if you look listen back to our old podcast, you know we were talking about the plan for the year is basically mm. you know win all around them, you know win the league, win Munster, win the All Ireland, and they're coming away with no silverware. You know, not even like the Munster League or something like that. They've just come away empty-handed, and you know for a lot of teams, reaching a league final and then an All Ireland semi-final would be a great sign, but it's a big step back for Tip and. Mm definitely well short of their expectations for Galway then what can you say I suppose like going forward um Connor Cooney actually I should say as well had a really impressive match and mm. um, was able to put scores up on the board when Canning was that bit quiet in the game yeah I, th- I think again really we've seen a lot of similar things that we've seen from Galway already which is you mm. know they okay you know on negative side they did get a lot of wides but they have a bit of rust a bit of rustiness as a well bit of things a bit like of nerves, hand like, passing yeah. you know poor hand passes and maybe some weird weird decision making um and i think that just speaks to more to the long layoff they had before the semi-final so. ra- than more than anything else yeah i don't think we'll see that as badly again um from the, mm. i mean there were nerves there but there were nerves for both teams um I suppose one thing is that they hadn't had a game get this close before. They had won everything else very easily. This was the first game they were really pushed, but to come out as winners at the end of that, I think it's only a good thing for mm. them. And I think they kind of needed a really tough game uh, just to really assert themselves and you know convince everyone that they do deserve to be favourites this year. Uh, on the positive side, you know, as we've already said, great physical team. Uh, maybe weren't able to dominate possession as much against Tipperary, but you know that's only to be mm. expected. Tipperary, when they're playing like that, obviously an excellent team. Um, and then obviously, you know, they have star players like Canning who can pull them out of dire situations like that. But then they also do have a good number of scoring options. They had six different players scoring this one. Um, their backs, though, shakier than normal, and maybe had a lot more work to do in this one than normal. Mm. Still, only conceded one goal. Um, which is good going so yeah look looking forward for them they are definitely favorites and i think they remain favorites after that performance having said that i don't think the winner of waterford or cork will roll over th- for them i think it could still be a very close match uh yeah very tough final but um i do think galway they do deserve to be favorites i think they'll have answers for a lot of what cork and waterford can throw at them um you know maybe a few weaknesses were exposed in this match but maybe it's good for Galway to realize that and 
you know, have the time to try and fix them and work on them because they weren't tested as much as they were, you know, in, in other matches prior yeah. to this. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Galway definitely looking good uh, offensively and defensively. I Actually, it should be mentioned, like, they held Tip in the end to 21 points, which is very hard to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them in another All-Iron final, and they'll be hoping anyway to finally... Uh, break that long run without an All-Ireland, despite getting to so many semi-finals and finals. Galway. That, that's all I have to say about it. That's all you need to say, Brian. <laughs> okay. Right. On to the next topic. Looking here at our, our outline for the episode, and um, you've snuck in there our apparently weekly awfully update. <laughs> uh, this is linked to an article on the RTU website, uh, we mentioned in the last episode that basically all the people involved in Offley Hurling are like implementing some kind of strategy going forward just due to mass resignation. And this week there was a plea from the Offley County Board to tell them like, oh no, don't do that. Don't leave. And don't leave us. It's yeah, so lonely. They, they, they're like, you know, we'll, we'll change. We can change. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll do the washing up. We'll hoover more often. You know, we'll, we'll cook every other day but uh promises promises yeah but yeah just reading like every time we think that the awfully situation can't get sadder they just throw in something else and i mean like my notes in, re- in response to this uh, in our outline just reading directly is uh bullet point one just ah lads bullet point two come on now lads bullet point three i uh, need to cop on and yeah i i don't I've already overused it quite a bit, but they're forcing my hand. I'm going to have to say this is awfully poor organization <laughs> from the poor awfully organization. Um, I don't, you know, I've, 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 I don't like breaking out that pun too much, but they force my hand. This, it's just yeah. so terrible every time. Maybe they need a committee to review the organization as well. That's like it is just a. Like it is just the latest installment of stop hitting yourself. It really is. Um, like keynotes from the article that you have here. Yeah, because I suppose you know we only became aware of just we weren't focusing on awfully much earlier, no. and I think we were just becoming more and more away aware of how deep this problem is. But so, some of the some of the notes, uh, the original like report that they were meant to do so that they could make a strategy, it was commissioned in 2014, and they didn't finish it until 2016. Uh, when they were beaten by like Westmeath, um, takes a while. Takes a while to do these things, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you overrun by two or or three years. See, uh, the response from I think the person in charge of the group that uh, Mass resigned was uh, described the chairman of the Offaly County Board as a disaster and said that Offaly needed an absolute clean out at county board level. So uh, not not a po- not the response I think the county board were hoping for, <laughs> and. Um, Another thing mentioned in the article said that Offaly hadn't beaten a top-tier team since 2012 in the opening Leinster match against Wexford. Now, I looked over this, and that really depends on what you mean by top-tier team. Now, if Mm. I was, say, like, top-tier in a strict definition, I'd probably say, you know, a team that plays in 1A of the league, Mm. one that finishes in the top six of the league. Going by that rule, Wexford were not there at, at that level they were down in division 1b and fairly far down it mm. uh, so i look back okay when is the last time awfully beat someone 
a team that finished you know top six of the league in that in the same year. Uh, they didn't do it as long you know while a one A one B system has existed in its current format. They didn't do it when there is a, a team you know division one. Um, they didn't beat the top six of any of those when that They're existed large. from uh, two thousand nine to twenty eleven. Their last win against a team that finished in the top six of the league was on the 9th of April, 2006, against Waterford. Dear God. This is, like, that's even pre-Shane Dooley levels, you know? God. It's very sad. Like, I I know that we said it was too late, but I think we need to re-kickstart our appeal for Team Biscuits, but I think we need to send it to all of Offaly, all of the Offaly fans, because they don't deserve this. This is just appalling. It's a. It is kind of like a, a spectacle, really. That's. It's just God. It's like farce. It is just a farce, really, at this stage. I mean, God help you if you like follow the GA there like very closely and on a on an inter county level, like, and you saw you have to read this and you have to see these things going on and being aired out in public. I mean, like, it's incredibly frustrating, and I would imagine very disappointing as well that they just can't get their act together. Yeah. Um, for read to achieve what I would imagine would be the county counts, uh, county board's uh, um, ultimate goal, which is actually to start winning again, make awfully great again, people, make awfully great yeah. again. And um, so yeah, okay. that's that's our apparently weekly, awfully depressing segment. Um, yeah, we'll be selling Moga baseball hats <laughs> on the on the website. Um, Hashtag Moga. Let's get this trending, people. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, Offaly fans. We needed the filler. It's very few matches matches to talk about this week. But you know what? If if you want if you want better filler and you few ideas, our email as always mail at takeyourdatapoints.com, our Twitter at tydatapoints, um, and you know we've we've asked nicely before for 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 mail and you know maybe a couple and and for tweets and some of you have delivered. But uh, mm. we we need to get serious. We need to get harsher. We will keep. Reading out depressing stories to torture Offaly fans until we get those emails. So uh, get a response in, guys. Send them in, and and don't forget to use the hashtag Moga. That's hashtag M O G A. Hashtag Moga. What does that stand for again? Make Offaly great again. Ah, yes, of course. Sorry. Yeah. <sighs> right. On to something more uplifting. <laughs> yeah. Just about. So the second semi-final is on this Sunday, the thirteenth of August. Is Cork versus Waterford in Crow Park, and uh, yeah, I think this one should be interesting. I'm finding this one, you know, we were fairly confident last time, maybe overly so. Uh, mm. Apart from the computer, it got it bang on by saying Cork had a 51 percent chance. Yeah, like, actually, 51 percent chance. That was, was pretty quite accurate. quite on the money there. Yeah, but we were much more confident. I don't think either of us are particularly confident about who's going to win in this one. Um, it's a repeat. Yeah. It's a repeat of the. Munster semi-final, but I don't expect it to have the same feel as that one did. I think Waterford have, they've uh, made use of going through the back door. You know, it's not the ideal situation, but I think they've come out of it a lot more cohesive, uh, a lot more strong, strong, just generally, uh, they've, they've worked on a lot of their weaknesses. I think they just, they didn't look themselves at the start of the year, uh, including the league as well. They didn't look as good as they did last year, and I think they've made use of these games to get back to that kind of level. Mm. Um, you know, they've we've seen them have a few better offensive games. You know, still not the best, but definitely better. They've been getting more goals. 
defensively, they've remained very strong. And yeah, I, I think overall, they should be a lot better than they were in the Munster semi-final. Then on the Cork side, we haven't seen them since the Munster final. And while they've definitely looked a great t- team all year, I just wonder, will the loss of momentum hurt them? Yeah, that layoff, like, will it will it have the same effect as on Galway in terms of are they going to just be that bit rusty um, from the off, whereas Waterford have that that momentum built up, we'll say. Um, what I would say is they're they are like that. Well, both teams are actually quite young teams, but that Cork, Cork um, have some like nineteen year olds, twenty year olds on that panel, and um, you you know definitely speed wise they should be. They they shouldn't be slow off from the uh, slow off starting, but no. yeah, definitely. I think the long layoffs do no one any any favors really, um, and that's where really I think the the surprise can li- the surprise can lie for Waterford. Like you have again their play style of you know playing the sweeper, um, I suppose a kind of defensive possession based uh, approach to the game, and then Cork you have maybe a more traditional kind of offensive fast fast game so it's kind of really you know you know water and fire really or rock and paper um or rock and scissors i think you've gotten yourself into a conundrum there you really need a third team um rock and paper so i i I suggest throwing claire into this semi-final as a wild card uh just like (laughs) three-way three-way match so that we can use the rock paper scissors analogy correctly yeah that's it okay that okay that works for me Cool. <laughs> um, um, like I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but like, I think like Waterford, I think the momentum will serve them really well. I think they have a, they have a pretty young team. Um, pretty young team. I'm just not sure how the the a very defensive style of play is really going to stack up to a team like Cork. Yeah. Um. No, I think that's really the question because we know they're good defensively, but are they? good enough to beat a team like Cork because I mean we've seen maybe against other uh, kind of high scoring teams sometimes they're just that bit too much say like Tipperary last year um, Galway just kind of blew them out of the water uh, well the Galway water, yeah something I suppose we'll comment on as well looking forward to the uh, to the All-Ireland final like Galway haven't played Cork all year, so it's really mm. hard to predict that one. And the only Galway Waterford match this year was so unusual. I don't know if we can really use it as a reference because I think Waterford were winning by double digits. Ten points. Ten points. Yeah. With about I don't know, twenty minutes left and they lost. Yeah. Bit of a I suppose an omen for how the Kilkenny game went, although they were able to salvage that one. But um yeah, I think for Waterford we know that they're good defensively. No, we know that we can stifle. They can stifle other teams, and that they they should hopefully do a good job of uh, controlling possession. Mm. But the real question, as always, for them is their offense. Uh, we know that Austin Gleason's good, and he's definitely had some great points over the course of the championship so far. Some nice trick shots, even. Yeah, um, and you have the Bennett brothers as well. You do, who are quite good for scoring goals when yeah. the when the occasion is called for. One of their big criticisms last year was their inability to get goals. That seems to finally be rectified somewhat. Mm. But I do feel that it just might not be enough. I might expect the match to go a bit closer, but I just wonder if Galway, if uh, I just wonder if Waterford can win this without really kind of rising above their normal level. I think they're going to have to get much better at just 
stringing scoring runs together and at time of recording also uh it looks like Tyg de Berke is not going to win his appeal it looks like he'll be out and that will really hurt them defensively um I know that fives will probably take over and he's an excellent player as well but you know like it's a semi-final you really have to give it everything and I just don't know if his peak play will be as much as what Tyg de Berke's would have been and really what they have to work on and really something I'll be watching for is quiet patches. Yeah. That where Waterford have had periods of play pass where they just don't score. Yeah, and I think... nothing happens, and really against with a team like Cork... A team like Cork will kill them. Uh, If if that happens, they will just pull ahead. Because something I was thinking about as well was that maybe Waterford, you know, they aren't as rusty probably as as Cork will be, Um, and maybe they could make use of that, but really... Because they're not known for putting up big scores in a hurry, I don't think they'll be able to take as much advantage of that. I think Cork will settle in. You know, Waterford might get maybe one or two points ahead, but they won't get the margin that they need before Cork, Cork mm. settle back in and start fighting back. It really all comes down to the accuracy. You know how how bad the uh, well, how bad or how good the accuracy is for Cork on yeah. the day. I think as well. You know, will the lay will the layoff have affected their accuracy in a massive way or? Are they going to be pretty much on target, you know, 80, 70 or 80% of the time? Yeah. And actually, I've uh, just, a, just a bit of a, a teaser as well. It should be up, hopefully, within a few days of this podcast. But I've almost finished my um, analysis of the Munster final in the same way I did for the Leinster final. But just on the topic of, of Cork scoring, uh, I believe in the Munster final, they got uh, 0.75 points for every shot they took. Something like that. Wow. And Claire got about like 0.55 or something. So it was <laughs> like Cork, very, very efficient shooters. You know, if to put that more simply, I suppose they will get a point three out of every four shots that they take, which, uh, which is, is very good going. Is very good going, yeah. Yeah. Or alternatively, one goal out of every shot they take, which would be your strategy, I imagine, <laughs> if you were managing. <laughs> So really, if they ta- if they can maintain that level of accuracy at yeah, this stage, that will serve them extraordinarily like we, well. Like we we know, even Cork on even Waterford on their best days uh, won't be able to compete with that kind of efficiency of- offensively. Um, so really, what Waterford have to do, I think, is just dominate possession, just prevent Cork getting those shots in the first place. Mm. Um, and I mean, I think that is a potential route for them. It's where Waterford's strengths lie, and I think Cork. Looking back over that Munster final, you know, they did have a few long passes go out over sidelines or go out wide. And, you know, they, mm. they have been known to kind of turn the ball over a bit. I mean, they're still excellent passers and they're still, you know, they they, they are good, but it's not perfect. Um, mm. And it just, it might just be that in that Waterford need to get control of the match. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a, a weakness so much as it's something they're may, maybe only average at, but... That might be enough for Waterford too. Yeah. So, really, then, if we had to call it between Cork or Waterford, who are you going for? I'm going to give Cork my slight edge to win this one. Um, now, I know the last, you know, last match Cork won, but I think it's easy to forget it was still only level at halftime. Like I think it was mm. a, a closer game than in people's memory. Um, and I think since then, Waterford have gotten better. And I do think it'll be a closer match. I don't think it's a sure thing. But mm. I think just, especially if Tyg de Burke is out, uh, 
Waterford, they're good defensively. I just don't think they'll be quite good enough. And I don't think they'll be able to match Cork's shooting, um, especially mm-hmm. if Cork just get into their rhythm and just start getting lots of shots in quick succession. Uh, I don't think Waterford will be able to keep up with them. Yeah. So I'm going to give a slight edge for Cork. Just, you know, I, th- I think they've made incredible progress all year. I think they work, despite so many fresh faces, they work really well as a team. And they're great at working the ball up into good locations for shots. Now, I mean, you know, as I said, that means they might give away a few more turnovers than would be ideal. But the end result is just really, really efficient shooting. So uh, Cork, Cork are my pick. Slightly. So for me, um, I think it's gonna, not, not going to come as much of a surprise given the way we're talking. I'm going to go for uh, Cork. Um, really, I think it just comes down to just even the rate rate of fire really from Cork they'll be able to rack up points at quite a fast rate um, you've heard about the accuracy and I think look even if that's slightly diminished um, considering the layoff I think that's still going to be present a challenge to Waterford I'm not going to I wouldn't completely write off Waterford either I think like they're definitely going to put up the challenge to Cork I think it'll be a, a closer thing than maybe some people are, think, are thinking it's going to be um, but I think in the end, I think just Cork are just going to have that, um, have just have that bit of something just to get them over the line. I have, to, yeah, I have to agree. Um, now, I, you know, I suppose one thing in Waterford's defence again is we haven't really seen Cork against kind of an elite defensive team yet this mm. year, um, apart from you know the previous Waterford match. But I don't think Waterford were up to their usual standard then. Um, a turtle, if you will, mm. which would make Cork. Um, an eagle. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure they're okay with that comparison. Assigning um, animals to teams yeah. since 2017. That's take your data points. Um, <laughs> Which make would make Claire a leopard. Brian, we, we discussed earlier we need these filler segments now that there are so few matches. Don't give away all of the next episode's filler. <laughs> just, you know, don't. Just... Get that we're, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to put it in the outline. We're going to think this one out. <laughs> we're going to give each of our our you know uh, positions on what animal each uh, top tier hurling county is. We're going to figure out a way of having the computer give its impressions. Um, mm. I'll, I'll figure that one out. Uh, I'll, I'll try and I'll work off, out some kind of algorithm for it. But uh, you know that that'll be a future segment. Stay tuned. Yeah. What teams are what animals? But um, exclusive, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the computer's opinion of things, though, for some balance, the computer does pick Waterford. But uh, similar to the last semi-final, it's very narrow at odds. It only gives Waterford fifty-five percent chance of winning here, mm. which uh, I wouldn't. You know, that's not completely that's unreasonable. Enough. I think that's look. I think Peter has its has its uh, ma- you know has its mind made up. I, I'm not going to disagree with it. I think as well, the computer doesn't know that Tide to Burke is gone. So uh, I think that makes it even more fair to have it that close. Yeah, so I think... Com- computer thinks that he's going to win that appeal. I don't yeah. know now, it's not looking good. Unless Peter has some inside odds on something that we don't know about, <laughs> then I think, look, let's just say I want to be Peter on Monday morning. Anyway, either way, I have to say I'm looking forward to this one. I'd say the atmosphere will be great. Both crowds are known for having really good uh, away fans and you know, fans will travel up. If it is as if it is as close as we're predicting, then you know should be another great semi final. Should go two for two for just lovely hurling. 
And uh, not not forgetting that we're going to probably have another flag corner next. Oh, yeah. of course. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that yet. So that's that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Flag, flag <laughs> corner and, uh, you know, which animal is your favorite hurling team? That's that's only here, only Tweet on this in, podcast. Which which yeah. animal is your favorite hurling team? You know, Offaly's probably think? like a sloth. Offaly's the a mole. Offaly is the dead horse that we keep on beating. That's what Offaly <laughs> is right now, Brian. <laughs> oh, we should really stop that. I'm sorry, Offaly. Well, I am sorry. Yeah. If you're from true, if you're from Offaly and you think that you're county is in fact like a proud eagle then you can tweet us in as we said at ty data points make your case tell us yeah if you need to make a, a longer form case you can do so at mail at take your data points.com very nice yeah i'm getting good at these segues uh mm. less good at the endings though i think yeah so, uh, i but... suppose the thing about endings is they can just be very sudden no, come on. I, no I, yeah. I think every podcast yeah. you listen to has done that as an ending. That's uh, not good Yeah, enough. that's kind of a crappy ending. We say goodbye. Goodbye, audience. Yeah, goodbye. Keep Enjoy listening. The match. Enjoy the match. Yeah. And sure, you know, I'm sure, you know, whichever county technically wins the match, the real winner will be hurling. Hashtag Moga. We will make Goffley. wealthy again. We will make Goffley. proud again. We will make safe again. And yes, together, we will make great again.